I mean, so many women come to me after these vaginoplasties because they've had this shame and embarrassment around their lady parts. And I'm like, oh my God, now we gotta deal with the scar tissue. But now we gotta deal with nervous tension. It creates a whole big, huge mess. And they feel like when they get these surgeries that everything's gonna be perfect. They're gonna look perfect. Everything's gonna be perfect. But that's not always the case. Hello, everyone. Dr. Anna here. Excited to be interviewing today Isa Herrera, who is a pelvic floor expert. I have known her in this space for a long time. She really works to help educate women around the globe on improving our pelvic floor, especially in dealing with pelvic pain. So in our podcast today in Couch Talk, which as you know, is an intimate place for intimate conversation, we discuss this. We discuss pelvic floor, pelvic pain, and just opening up the communication about our pelvic floor and the right way to do a pelvic floor exercise, right? Way to do Kegel exercises and Kegel yoga. Let's just call it Kegel yoga. So it's important to understand that over 30 million women suffer with pelvic pain around the world. And it's a huge issue that's not well addressed, treated, and discussed in so many of our clinic visits and our and our healthcare. So Isa is a licensed pelvic floor physical therapist with this expertise. And she is also the author of several books on the topic of pelvic floor dysfunction and pain, including her newly released international bestseller called Female Pelvic Alchemy. She has focused on pelvic pain out of pregnancy and inside of pregnancy, so to help a wide range of women that are dealing with it throughout our life. Her gift to our audience today is the Kegel Blueprint gift, and that's available at pelvicpainrelief.com forward slash Dr. Anna. And I encourage you to take a look at that. Enjoy our discussion today. And please always post your comments and share with our audience. Hello, everyone. Dr. Anna here. Today, I am with my guest, Isa Herrera, and we are going to be talking about pelvic health, you know, because it is such an important topic. And obviously, it's something that both Isa and I are passionate about empowering other women, because honestly, the rest of our life, the most important stage of our life, where we want that quality, where we have that freedom, we have, you know, tremendous ability to enjoy and reap what we have sown all these years and decades. Pelvic health is an essential part of that component. So Isa, it's great to have you here today with my audience. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Kabeka. I am so excited to be talking about this topic. As you know, this is a topic that's so close to my heart, and I just want to go and dig in and just let it roll. Excellent. Excellent. Perfect. Well, share with me a little bit and share with our audience a little bit about your background and what's created your passion in pelvic health. Oh, well, thank you for asking me about that. Um, You know, I went to PT school and when I was in PT school, I was pregnant. Now, I learned nothing about pelvic health in PT school. And after I had my baby, my pelvic health went to shred, as many women experience in, in, in this country and other places around the world. And I had no idea how to help myself. I actually didn't even know what was going on. And I kept going to my OBGYN and saying, hey, listen, I'm leaking. I have pressure, there's pain. And he would keep telling me everything down there looks good. From the outside, everything looked good. Just the inside was a complete and utter mess. So I went home like 
a regular person and I did my Kegels like he instructed me to do. And the more Kegels I did, the more pain I had. The more pain I had, the more leaking I had. And I said, I am not the only woman in this universe who is suffering from this. And then I started doing my research because I'm a big scientist at heart. And then I realized that 30 million women in the U.S. alone suffer from chronic pelvic pain. Over 49% of older women have either prolapse or incontinence. So once I started doing the research, I'm like, wow, this is it. This is my life's calling. I've always wanted to work with women. I always knew I was going to be a healer from the age of three. I come from a family of healers. But I didn't know my direction. You know, I was doing shoulders and working with the neck and doing sports orthopedics. And then when I had my baby, you know, they say when something bad happens, you have to find the light in the dark. Well, that's what happened. I found this beautiful light. And then it became my life's mission. And I've written four books on the topic. I have all these courses on it and programs. So I am so excited to be here with you today. Well, I am glad to be here because we've talked before and we've discussed, you know, pelvic health and and just different things that can really tweak and improve, you know, sexual health and sexual function and why that's so important for us. And especially in this day and age and why it's really important that we open the conversation because it's been so closed mouth. So let's talk about Kegels because pelvic floor exercises are so important, but they're not good for everyone and we have to do them correctly. So let's, let's talk about that in the Kegel controversy. Okay, I, I do want to talk about the Kegel controversy because this is something that's really dear to my heart. As I said, after I had my baby, I was a good patient. I went home and I did my Kegels as instructed. First of all, not only was I doing the Kegels wrong when I look back at everything that I did, but it wasn't even the right prescription for me, right? Because in the beginning, when we, are, when we are dealing with pelvic health, we always have to create balance, suppleness, and flexibility because if you don't have those three elements, it's going to be very difficult for you to attain pelvic power, right? So you want to contract something, something has to be flexible and have good coordination in order for you to contract it to help you gain this power so you're not leaking, you know, your symptoms reduce and your sexual function is better. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So did my research. And then when, the, when I, in my practice in New York City, what I discovered was that the majority of women were doing Kegels incorrectly. So what I'm going to do, if you want me to discuss what a proper Kegel is, I can, I can do that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something that I love. I love to know your rendition of it because for me, it's really important, our breathing tied to our Kegel. So, you know, one of the things that I share is a Kegel video and just kind of just talking through how we need to conceptualize the right way to do the Kegel exercises and also when we don't need to do them. So share with me. Well, I'll bring out my model too. So uh, uh, thank you. I'm gonna, that's an awesome question. I'm so glad you asked that question. It's um, important and so it really us hear it. And I just like to say pelvic floor, just as a side note, little disclaimer, I prefer to say pelvic floor exercises than call them Kegels. Yeah, because, exactly. You know, Named yeah. after a man too. Not that I have any objections with that, but I wish that they were called different things. So pelvic floor exercises, just like when you're training any other muscle in the body, you have to have endurance coordination, you have to work with the breath, you have to work with positioning, you have to work with gravity. So it's a very complex issue. And in my programs, I teach over 10 different types of Kegels. And in my personal arsenal, I have over 25 different types of Kegels and pelvic floor exercises, because it's not going to work for everybody. There's nuances to it. But 
all pelvic floor exercises, when it involves a contraction, have three things in common. And I'm going to bring out the model so hopefully you can see it. When you do a pelvic floor exercise, I can never get this right because of my dyslexia, there's always a clitoral knot. So the clitoris should not. This area here between the anus and the vagina should go up and in like this. Yes. The anus should wink. So those three parts should happen simultaneously in a neutral pelvis with an exhalation breath. And what I'm going to do for your audience is I'm going to give you my beautiful Kegel Blueprint GIF. So I will have a link up there as soon as possible so you can get this because it explains so many more nuances that that I go into. But those three parts are really important, which is the clitoris should not, the perineal body should go up and in, and the anus should wink. And most women not kiss face and wink. Gotcha. Yes. Keep it simple, you know. And I really believe that in order for women to connect to this pelvic floor exercise, they should be doing it with a mirror. It's the only way, because, you know, a picture paints a thousand words. I really believe that if you can see it, then you can fix what's not working. It does help too. And just to feel it, like, you know, talk about putting two fingers inside the vagina, but also just even on the perineal body between the vagina and the rectum. And many women, that's reduced. I like your Mm -hmm. model, but too, post-episiotomy, post- childbirth, sometimes it's a very thin line. And that's where often we see vaginal irritation, vaginal infections, urinary infections, things like that. So really feeling that muscle in between, that is so incredibly important to feel that muscle right in between. Yep. Right there. Go in and up, you know, like that, like, how did you do it? (laughs) But I've I've treated over 14,000 women. And the thing here is like, if it doesn't go up, if something is not going up, just like you said, if, it's, if something happened during the birth or if this trauma, of this atrophic changes, then sometimes it can even be missing, but sometimes this area has a tremendous amount of scar tissue. Yes. So yes. we have to work on the scar tissue first because that could be impeding this particular action of being uh, the perfect Kegel, right? Well, and again, just improving this hammock of our pelvic floor so that it keeps us continent, helps decrease our risk of constipation or rectal prolapse, helps with bladder control, pelvic function. So that's why and we're sitting on it all day. We're not designed to sit on it all day. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. So let's talk about that because that's such an important part of, of women's health that we're not even conceptualizing. So I agree. First, look, always look and see what you've got going on down there, right? Let's look at our pelvic floor. Let's look at our pelvic anatomy, get comfortable what our normal is. Don't compare with anyone else. Thank Let's you. Just take it here personally, like, okay, I accept the way I am right now. What can I do to just make it a little tweak so I can feel even better, even more amazing, right? And so let's talk about exercising that perineal body, that area, the muscle. So first of all, I'm glad that you brought up the sitting thing. One of the big things that that impedes pelvic power, pelvic strength, and pelvic coronation and creates more stress in the pelvis is not sitting correctly and sitting for long periods of time, right? So we're sitting, yeah, let's all set up for this whole hour. (laughs) So if we're sacral sitting all day long in the office, then in essence, what we're doing is we're bringing this bone here, the coccyx bone, and the pubic bone, right, sort of closer together, and the muscles are in a constant state of contraction. So they're shortening, and then we're trying to do Kegels to a shortened muscle 
or pelvic floor exercises, and they're not working. We're trying to figure out, well, why are they not working? Well, they're not working because the body mechanics are off. Well, so, let's explain that in another way too. Like say, for example, if you were walking around like this all day. Yes, right. Exactly. It's like walking around like this all day. That muscle's never stretching out. You're not getting the elasticity of it, so it's stuck. Mm-hmm. And so, for women who have stuck pelvic floor muscles, I think the most important thing is to do deep breathing into the pelvic floor, get the body mechanics right, do maybe some internal work on yourself, and then come back and do a pelvic training program, an up training program, uh, they call it up training because, you know, everything is going up, right? So in the beginning of a, of a Kegel program, body mechanics really counts sitting, properly sitting counts, not over sitting, and mindfulness. So before you even do a pelvic floor exercise, you got to bring the mind-body connection to it. Like what's happening with your pelvis, What's happening with your muscles? Are you in a constant state of contraction? Like, what, what do you feel? Do you feel excessive pressure when you do certain activities? So for me, is once you get the mechanics right, once you get the awareness and the mindfulness right, then you could start to do a Kegel program or a public health program that's going to bring you the changes and what you're looking for. Because a lot of women, it fails them and they get disappointed. Sometimes they'll get unnecessary surgeries and I think it's because of the way these particular exercises are being explained that's so good and I'm just thinking in my mind it's like you you know breathing deep into the pelvis to elongate and stretch those muscles in different positions etc and just conscientiously thinking about it especially if you've been sitting for a while it's like yoga for the pelvic floor right it's Mm -hmm stretching and lengthening. And so just breathing into the pelvis, letting it all stretch, and then feeling the dynamics of that flow. Yeah. And then once you can feel it and you have that awareness, then and only then do I ever even consider starting my patients on an up training program, because it's like building a beautiful home, but you build it with like straw instead of like bricks and, you know, cement. And then you wonder why the house didn't stay up, right? Oh, so, great analogy, yeah. And, and this happens all the time. And the women come to me, they're so disappointed. And then I feel so bad because it could have all been prevented with the yeah. proper education, the proper guidance. So public health exercises can be done in any position. But most women want to start with standing or they want to start with sitting and they may be too weak to start right. in those positions. So I, I believe that we can start in a semi-inclined position. I don't like the flat position, but people can, women can do these exercises in bed. That's okay in the beginning. And then gradually go to a more progressive working against gravity. And that makes the pelvic floor exercise even more challenging. So if you start your exercises in sitting and standing and you can't feel anything, then my recommendation is one, make sure that you're doing the Kegel, I mean the, the pelvic floor exercise correctly by one, observing the perineum and then test yourself to see what's actually going on inside the vagina. Who else is going to know but you? Why do we outsource our public health all the time when we could have so much more control over it? Absolutely. If we just knew how to test, how to figure it out so that we can have this really deep conversation with our caregivers. 
Well, so also let's talk about that perfect Kegel again. Run through it again for us. So first thing is yoga for the pelvic floor, right? Mm -hmm. That that exhalation, inhalation, stretching out the pelvic floor, just letting it relax and stretch. And then you talked about bend over. What was it? The The the, the, Yeah, the clitoris. The queen, because... My whole tribe is called the Superstar Queen, so I call this the Queen Knot. The perineal body moves up and in, and the anus winks. And if you take out a mirror, I mean, it is surprising. When I first started doing it, I was doing it all wrong. I was using my glutes. I was tightening my inner thighs. I was working for dear life, and already my body was telling me, this is not for you. But I wouldn't listen because I'm following the instructions to go home and do Kegels instead of working on the scar tissue that I had and instead of elongating my muscles. And so it took me so much longer to bring myself back to harmony and so much suffering, you know, and so much pain and the leaking and the embarrassment and the shame. And I think if I had this information, like so grateful for this live with you, because we're bringing this information that is not readily known to all women. And this is part of Pelvic Health 101. They should be teaching this in school to our young girls. Instead of the sex ed now, you know, my daughter just has sex ed. And she came home and she was like, "What?" she's my daughter, so she's, reading, she's read all my books. And she was, Ma, you are not going to believe what they taught me. And I'm like, well, I'm curious. I want to know. You know, I want to know. And it was just about, you know, abstinence, still the same thing, nothing about the body, very little information. And I live in New York City. Yeah, well, let's talk about that a second. Because, you know, many, so many moms raising kids, what do we want to teach them? And I've had four daughters. So, you know, I've gone through the gamut. Yeah. And I've taught sex ed (laughs) in in school at the local. I'm like, how much do I really want to, you know, like, how much do I share? What all do they need to know? These girls are starting their cycles and, and all at different stages of development, some very underdeveloped, some overdeveloped, like you've got this whole range. It's like, okay, you know, that whole concept of, I, I say this in sexual CP, in my webinar that I give, Help Doctors, you know, my sex drive has no pulse. So we talk about the ABCs of sexual health, right? Mm-hmm. Acceptance, accepting where we are now, be present, and C, communicate. And so I think that like step A, you know, is just that acceptance of, of our different bodies, our unique bodies, and just understanding these are the stages of development. So what have you taught your daughter? Tell me. <laughs> well, the first thing that I told my daughter was her unique anatomy. And it's very funny because my daughter came up to me and said, hey, listen, one of the girls in school didn't know what her clitoris was. And she's 16 years old. And she didn't know where the urine came out of. And my daughter was like flabbergasted. So I started by explaining, first of all, her unique anatomy. So she knew all the different parts. I explained to her what a pelvic exercise was. I explained to her about relaxation. I explained to her about that her body is her temple and it's unique to her, that no one looks like her and she should never compare herself to another woman or to another pelvic area. So I wanted her to know that we are so unique that even our lady parts look different from anybody else. It's like a fingerprint, no two look alike. I say like flowers, you know, like the orchid, mm-hmm. right? Like I always compare the vulva to the orchid. And so like each orchid is different and beautiful. 
yeah. beautiful in its own right. So not to compare. And I think that's a big issue that at all ages we have with, right? Comparing ourselves to other people. And especially at this vulnerable time period of adolescence. And you just want to just hug them and tell them they're beautiful and precious and unique and to honor that. Because I've had 20-year-olds come to me with, you know, gynecologic concerns of their vulvas being different. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, one's longer than the other, you know, one breast is bigger than the other. I'm like, okay, that's normal. Good for you. You're normal. Mm -hmm honor that normalcy and that's okay, you know, and that these things tend to, you know, even out over time as well. So be patient with your body. And then also, you know, I just thinking about too, when one side's off from the other is just the whole pelvic floor rehabilitation, chiropractic or osteopathic manipulation. Let's get our nervous system in line because sometimes those are just signs that something's off balance that needs to be improved upon too. So- it's a beautiful time period and that your daughter's blessed to have you talking to her about this because you're right. It's, you know, like bringing up the words and the language around it. And also the sacredness of our individuality as well. Totally. And in the beginning, I was, I was like, I'm a pelvic floor therapist. I've treated over 14,000 women and obviously over 52,000. And when it came to my daughter, I was actually shaking. I was like, what? I was so nervous. I was sweating. I was I'm like, so glad you <laughs> to hear you say that. Oh yeah. I tell you, right. So if, if Issa as a pelvic floor therapist and me as a gynecologist and sexual health expert has have some, have had some like, how do I go about this in a very, you know, holistic honoring way for my child that she gets it, honors it, and is like, okay, I've got the question and knows that she can communicate and ask questions. Yeah. Like if there's something you can ask her. I have one daughter, she's open about everything. I'm like, you don't have to be that open with me. Yeah, exactly. And one who's very closed mouthed about all of this. So it's very interesting. So honoring their individuality as well as as communicating with them how, you know, how precious they are. And just also in today's day and age, it's like, you know, what we need to know about that. And that will go into a whole nother sex ed for teen talk that we really think we should do. Oh, 100%. I think we should definitely do something like that because it's so needed. Mm -hmm. It's so needed because I mean, women come to me day in and day out. They say, I don't like my vagina. I hate my vaginal lips. Look at this, look at that. And then I look at them and I'm like, this is completely normal. There's nothing absolutely wrong with the way you look. And then it breaks my heart because it sort of eats up inside them. It makes them feel less confident about themselves. And then in my programs, I do a live gynecological explanation of the privacy because I'm like, nobody knows what the parts are. I hear it all the time. And, And so the first thing I do is I just take out a mirror and I just say, yeah, this is it. This is completely normal. You're good. Everything is fine. You know, and it is an asymmetrical thing as you typically do to something happening on the outside, an orthopedic issue. The pelvis is off, too much tension, whatever, neural tension, you name it. So then they're like, oh, okay. I feel like that's the beginning of healing. Like you said, yeah. the, oh, the acceptance is the beginning of healing. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And again, not to, you know, when it comes to like, what are we comparing the images that the kids sadly are seeing and being exposed mm-hmm. to early on? It's yeah. like not realistic. And again, to understand everyone's unique and best to not do any intervention is better than intervention in 99.999% of the cases. Oh, so. for sure. I mean, so many women come to me after these vaginoplasties. 
because they've had this shame and embarrassment around their lady parts. And I'm like, oh my God, now we got to deal with the scar tissue. Now we got to deal with nervous tension. It creates a whole big, huge mess. And they feel like when they get these surgeries that everything's going to be perfect. They're going to look perfect. Everything's going to be perfect. But that's not always the case. It is major surgery. But a lot of what I've treated a lot of that in the past couple of years. And, and I'm like, well, what's done is done. You know, we just move forward. But if we can start to have this conversation early on, that it is our unique anatomy, that we're perfect for ourselves. Absolutely. Honor it, respect it, like with anything. You know, I think that's the starting point for a good foundation in our self-confidence and just accepting where we are right now, focusing on what's good. And also, like, again, let's not compare. I think that's a really, I mean, that's for sure a really big downfall. And no intervention is better. Some, you know, again, do no harm, right? Mm -hmm. That's our goal. That's our goal in the medical profession, for sure. It's do no harm. So the education piece, is part of that prevention. It really is, you know. And I recently took my daughter to the doctor and, you know, they do, when they're at a certain age, they do these exams. And, but she she was like totally comfortable with it. I was like, oh, I'm the one that's like, oh, squeamish. I'm the one that's like, wait, no, 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 not doing that. Nope, not doing that. Nope, you know. And, and I was like, okay, I had to take my own stuff out of it and be like, all right, this is, this is good, okay. We're going to do this examination, everything we're just going to see. This is the first time. Everything is cool. You're perfect. And she was like, I know, mommy. And I was like, oh, okay. You don't need me anymore. <laughs> I think that's that's amazing. I say, you know, again, I, I definitely entered the field of gynecology because it was something I was very like uncomfortable and I felt was needed more women in the field, right? Like how do we make people having these, you know, trusting in a physician to be as comfortable as possible and safe mm-hmm. and feel safe and know that they're being taken care of. And I think that's really important and that we are creating these programs and we have this for women of all ages that has that healing potential at any age because we've you know so many have suffered through unhealthy experiences so Issa tell us where people can get more of you and get in contact with you and also we're offering them the Kegel blueprint as Mm -hmm. a gift and so we'll be posting that in our show notes here well definitely for the Kegel blueprint go to pelvicpainrelief.com front slash Dr. Anna. That's all. She wants you guys to have this gift and it's my pleasure to provide this gift on what the perfect pelvic floor exercise looks like. And then if you want to get in contact with me, always go to my website, pelvicpainrelief.com. There you'll find tons of information, beautiful blogs, anything that you want to know is in all those different kinds of pages. So that's really, really amazing. And, and that's how they can get in contact with me. And you can always buy one of my books if, if you want oh, yeah. to seek a book, you know. Tell us work. some of the titles of your books, Isa. Oh, I have one called Ending Female Pain. And then the other one is Female Pelvic Alchemy. And that one is the accompaniment of my online program for pelvic healing. Um, so they sort of go together, but in a way, but not, you know, they're sort of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then I created one for pregnancy because all the pregnant women started coming to me. I'm like, what do I do here now? You know? 
And so not everybody can get to me in New York City. So I created Ending Pain in Pregnancy. Yeah. I love that book so much. And the, so Female Public Alchemy is great for restoring public health in a natural way. All the books are actually all of them. Yeah, yeah. And I think, again, there's many ways to come at it, right? Like working in, in menopause, too, with pelvic strengthening exercises and relaxation exercises both have its place. Like we said, you know, we want yoga and, you know, we want stretching and flexibility and high intensity, right? Absolutely. So there's a combination for both. And then also, you know, the right nutrients. So, you know, big... Oh you know, the right nutrients inside out from the, inside out and the outside in. So, yeah. so that, that, that makes a difference. And again, so many women struggle with pelvic pain. So I'm so glad you're out there and you're available to help everyone, Isa, and as a great resource. I appreciate you and thank you so much for spending time with me today. And thank you for all our listeners. I look forward to your interaction question. You know how valuable this information is. It's invaluable information and for a wide spectrum. So please be sure to share this and like us on Facebook and iTunes and share this message with your friends as well. We appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Anna, for having me. I just so thrilled to be here. We're just going to help so many women together.